0: All right, good morning, everybody. All right, last week we looked at Jesus in Second Samuel, and that was pictured by the, the grace that, that David showed Mephibosheth, and he took somebody who was an enemy, who had nothing to offer, showed him the kindness of God, as he said, and he brought him into his house, he let him eat at his own table as one of his own sons, and again, that's a perfect picture of God's grace. And today... Um, we're going to go into the book of 1 Kings, and 1 uh, Kings begins as uh, David comes to the, to the end of his life, and uh, even before David is dead, um, one of his sons steps up and decides for himself that, you know, that he's going to be the king. If you're there with me in 1 uh, Kings chapter 1, let's see, <clears throat> look at verse 5. It says, Then Adonijah, the son of Haggid, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. And he prepared him chariots and horsemen and fifty men to run before him. Okay, so now, now what Adonijah did here, it kind of ought to remind you of, of someone, you know, in particular. And his, his attitude should, should kind of, you know, set off some alarm bells. Go to, uh, go to your right the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 14. He said, I will be king. Go to Isaiah 14. Look at verse 12. It says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend to the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And this was the same kind of attitude that that Adonijah had, so we immediately get a picture of Adonijah as, as a picture of Lucifer, or specifically of, of the Antichrist here, um, and the issue here is a kingdom and who gets to rule this kingdom, okay, that's what we see in 1 Kings um, David is dying, and I believe, you know, David, of course, is a picture of Jesus, and that, this, that's a picture of his first coming, okay he dies just as, as, as Jesus died, okay um, Jesus came to the earth, and he, he came to bring a kingdom. Okay, um, Go to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, look at verse 1. It says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, "Repent, ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." Okay. Now he did not say, "Repent of your sins," for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And people, would, that's what people would do with this with this verse. He said, "Repent." Okay. And you know, if you you don't have to turn there, but if you go to Acts nineteen verse four, it, it tells you that this repentance that that, that John was talking about here. Um, he's telling the Jews at that time to believe on Jesus, okay? That is as simple as that. He's not telling them to, 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 to repent of their sins. He's telling them to, to, to change from unbelief to belief in, in Jesus Christ, okay? Believe on their Messiah and receive the kingdom, okay? His kingdom. Um, they Of course, they rejected him. They crucified him. And that basically put a hold on the kingdom until his return. And, and just like in, in 2 Kings chapter 1, you ha- I mean, you had this, um, or First King, you had this, Pretender who, 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 who steps up, and that's pictured by um, Adonijah. Okay, and uh, you know, 2 Corinthians 4 4 calls him the God of this world. And Adonijah um, he plots to take the kingdom for his own, um, but we know that as we'll see, that Solomon is the rightful heir, um, he's the one that David has chosen, and he, he's the chosen one, you know, just like the Bible says that Jesus is, um, Christ is God's chosen one. So Solomon is, a, is our picture of Jesus Christ here. He, he's the son of David. Jesus is called the son of David. Um, and, and specifically, Solomon is a picture of Jesus on, in his second coming. Um, when he comes to bring his kingdom, his millennial reign. So um, you see that Solomon is going to rule for 40 years. It'll be a, it'll be a time of peace. Um, Christ will rule for a thousand years of peace. Um, you know, that's why he's called the prince of peace. Um, And Solomon also means peace. You think of the word shalom, Solomon, his his name means peace. Um, So you have uh, this this pretender, Adonijah, to the throne representing the Antichrist, and then Solomon represents Jesus in his second coming. And you'll see this, it's all pictured in really good detail here. So uh, go back to 1 Kings chapter 1 and uh, skip down to verse 33. And David says here, uh, the king also said unto them, Take with you the servants of your lord and cause Solomon my son to ride upon my own mule and bring him down to Gihon. Uh, and let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him their king over Israel and blow you, the trump, blow you with the trumpet and, and say, God save King Solomon. Then you shall come up after him that he may come and sit upon my throne for he shall be king in my stead and I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. Okay, so it's interesting that Solomon's coming is announced with a trumpet, right? Okay, we'll go to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Let's get down to verse 30. Matthew 24, verse 30. it says, And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Okay? And, of course, this is the second coming of Christ announced by a trumpet, just like Solomon's reign and, and was announced by a trumpet in, the, in, in his kingdom. Okay? Uh, now, go back to, to 1 Kings chapter 1. And skip down to verse 39. It says, And Zadok the priest took a horn of oil um, out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon, and they blew the trumpet. And all the people said, God save King Solomon. And all the people came up after him, and the people piped with pipes um, and rejoiced with great joy so that the earth rent with the sound of them. And Adonijah and all the guests that were with him heard it as they had made an end of eating. And when Joab heard the sound of the trumpet, he said, Wherefore is the, this noise of the city being in an uproar? Okay, so think about this picture. Solomon is coming. They blow the trumpet. And verse 40 says that all the people came up after him. What people? Um, well, the, the people who believed in him. You know, the people who, who wanted him to be king. Um, the people who were on his side, right? Um, now, where have we read something like this before? Um, go, to, go to the book of Jude, just before the Re- book of Revelation, book of Jude. We'll go to Jude and then we'll skip over to a passage in Revelation. Jude. And look at verse 14 there in Jude. It says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints. Okay, so remember, all these people are coming up after Solomon, as we just read in, in 1 Kings. Um, they come up after Solomon. You see the same thing with Jesus when he's coming back. Um, verse 15, it says, to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Okay, so so Jesus here is coming to execute judgment on this world of unbelievers, okay, and those who, those who chose the wrong side. Okay, now, Go to, keep going to your right to Revelation chapter 19. <clears throat> Revelation 19, look at verse 11. It says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Okay, Now this is interesting, the fact that Jesus is referred to as a righteous judge here. You know, he judges in righteousness. You know, his, his judgments are perfect. Um, well, hold your place real quick here. We'll be right back. Go to go to 1 Kings chapter 3. Go back to 1 Kings chapter 3. If you don't have a, something in, in Kings, go ahead and we're, we're going to be flipping back and forth. Um, 1 Kings chapter 3. Speaking of that righteous judge, um, 1 Kings 3.16, it says, There came two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. Okay, and th- there, this, is, this passage here is about you know, Solomon passed in judgment, and everybody probably remembers the story. There's two harlots, and one, you know, they, they they went to sleep one night. They had baby. They both had a baby. One, you know, they said it overlaid that baby, you know, smothered the baby, um, and and that baby died. And the other one switches out the baby, right? Well, Solomon is, is so you know wise that he 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 threatens to cut that baby in half, knowing that the real mother, you know, um, is gonna <laughs> is gonna speak up. And uh, it says in, in, there in First Kings chapter three, verse twenty-eight, um, and all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged, and they feared the king, for they saw the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. Okay, so again in Solomon, you see this picture of this righteous judge that you read about in Revelation nineteen eleven. Okay, but um, that's that's a sort of a side note there. Um, you, see, you see both uh, Solomon and Jesus are being pictured as, as these righteous judges. Okay, that's another similarity we see, but. Go to Revelation 19, verse 12. It says, His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed, followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nation, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he shall tread at the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Again, all this is pictured by Solomon, okay, in first King coming into his kingdom with all these people coming after him, right? Same same thing we're reading here. Uh, and, and this time as we'll see he's you know he's coming for vengeance. He's coming as the lion of Judah and um, with the saints behind him. Okay. And now the enemy, you know, those who are on um, Adonijah's side, you know, they hear the trumpet. Go back to um go back to First Kings chapter one. Look at verse 42. It says, And while he yet spake, behold, Jonathan the son of Abiathar, the priest, came, and Adonijah said unto him, Come in, for thou art a valiant man, and bringest good tidings. Uh, And Jonathan answered and said to Adonijah, Verily our lord king David hath made Solomon king. And the king hath uh, hath sent with him Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites, and the Pelethites, and they have caused him to ride upon the king's mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king in Gihon, and they are up from thence rejoicing so that the city rang. This is the noise that ye have heard. Okay, so, so also think about this noise that they heard. You know, uh, verse 40 said it was, a loud, it was so loud that the earth rent with the sound of, of them. Okay, now again, this picture is exactly what happens when the Lord returns to the earth to set up his kingdom. Um, go to go to go to the book of Zechariah, just before the before the New Testament. Zechariah chapter fourteen. It's just a perfect detail of, of what happens when the Lord comes back and comes to His kingdom. Zechariah chapter fourteen. Uh, look at verse four. This is speaking of Jesus here. It says, "In His feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof." toward the east and toward the, the west, and there shall be a, a very great valley, and half the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south. Um, and you shall flee to the valley of, of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azal. Yea, uh, you shall flee like as fled before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come and all the saints with thee. So so, so many details as, as Solomon brings in his kingdom that picture perfectly that, that, that Jesus is coming into his kingdom. Um, and it, it points forward to his millennial reign and and then um, notice the response of, of all those who were with Adonijah, you know the ones that are on the wrong side first uh, kings first <clears throat> kings chapter one there in verse forty eight it says, And also thus the king said that, said the king, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which had given one to sit on my throne this day, uh, mine eyes even seeing it, And all the guests that were that were with Adonijah were afraid. And rose up and went every man his way. So they're, you know, they're hightailing it out of there. And Adonijah feared because of Solomon and rose and went and caught hold on the horns of the altar. Okay, so so they're afraid that, you know, they realize they've gone against the true king, right? And now he's coming. He's coming. Coming for vengeance. And uh, so go to uh, uh, Revelation chapter 6. And you're going to see this. this you're going to see the fulfillment of this with Jesus. It says uh, Revelation six verse fifteen, and, and the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains, and said, "The mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of Him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the, for the great day of His wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand?" So this is exactly what Adonijah and his followers are thinking. They're they're, they're on the run from Solomon now. They're like, uh-oh, you know, he's he's coming, and now Solomon. Has to clean house, okay? And you see that as you read um, read on through First Kings chapter two. Um, as David dies, he tells Solomon um, there in for, uh, verse five of chapter two of First Kings. Um, he said, you, "You know these different people that you got to you've got to get rid of these people, right?" Joab, verse five, uh, verse eight, um, Shimei. Um, so Solomon is charged with taking out all these traitors, okay? And that's exactly what Jesus is going to do when he returns, okay? And look, he even, you know, he even gave Adonijah a second chance. You know, that's the thing about it. Um, go ahead, look at First Kings chapter 1 there. Uh, verse, let's see, verse 51. It said, And it was told Solomon, saying, Behold, Adonijah feareth King Solomon, for lo, he hath caught hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear unto me this day that he will not slay his servant with the sword. And Solomon said, If he will show himself a worthy man, there shall not a hair of him fall to the earth, but if wickedness shall be found in him, he shall die. So King Solomon sent, and they brought him down from the altar, and he came and bowed himself to King Solomon. And Solomon said unto him, Go to thine house. Okay. But as you read on in 1 Kings, um, chapter two, uh, it says in verse thirteen, uh, and Adonijah the son of, of Haggith came to uh, Bathsheba the mother of Solomon, and, and she said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. He said, Moreover, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And she said, Say on. And he said, thou knowest that the kingdom was mine and that all Israel set their faces on me, that I should reign, howbeit the kingdom is turned about and has become my brother, for it was his from the Lord. Okay? And, and that, you know, that just sounds something like the devil would say, doesn't it? You know, well, it was mine, but you know, he, he came and took it. So. Uh, but it says in verse 16, And now I ask one petition of thee, deny me not. And she said unto him, Say on. And he said, Speak, I pray thee for unto Solomon the king, for he will not say thee nay. That he would he would give me Abishag, the, the Shunammite, to wife. Okay, and of course, you know Solomon didn't fall for it. Um, if you remember when you read uh, in First Kings the first chapter, um, Abishag was the one that, that they gave to lay with King David. You know she was a virgin, and you know there was nothing weird going on there. But he was cold, you know, in his old age, and he needed somebody to warm him up. And, and so technically, she was sort of like a concubine, basically. And, uh, he, and he was trying to weasel his way into the, to the throne is basically what he was trying to do. Um, so uh, Solomon has him, has him put to death, okay? And uh, so, the, so the picture here is the same with Jesus. There, there, there's a time for, for grace. You know, he gave, even even after what uh, Adonijah had done to try to steal his throne, he gave him grace. He, he actually gave him another chance, um, and that's a lot of grace, you know, um, Adonijah did a really wicked thing, and he had a chance to make, make a decision and humble himself, but he wouldn't do it, okay? And this is the same cho- choice that's offered to the whole world. Um, go, to, go to Psalm chapter 2, because I think this is a perfect picture of it. Psalm chapter 2. Psalm chapter 2, look at verse 1 there. It says, um, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. And that's exactly the attitude that Adonijah had. Him, he and his followers. Um, it's the same attitude that this world has. You, know, you, can see, you can see it today in our leaders throughout the world. Um, they're, they're doing it their way You know, in defiance of God. And, you know, it's a lot worse than we know. I, 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 there's no doubt it's a lot worse than we know. And, and yet he offers a choice, okay? Skip down to verse 12. It says, kiss the son lest he be angry, and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him, okay? And that's the choice that, that Adonijah was given. You know, he, he was given a second chance, um, but he, he, didn't, he chose to, to go the other way. That's, that's the choice we all have to make. So, you know, Solomon takes out uh, these three enemies here in in 1 Kings chapter 2. And there's there's three of them, okay? Uh, There's Joab, there's there's Shimei, and and then, of course, there's Adonijah. Uh, Now, notice what they're killed for, okay? Well, Adonijah is killed for treason, right? Because he tried to take the throne. Joab is killed for murdering, okay? When you read there, it says that he, um, you know, he killed Abner and, and Amasa. He killed him in cold blood. He didn't kill him during time of war. Okay, that's that's there in verse 5, 1 Kings chapter 2. And then Shimei is killed because you remember when David had to flee from Absalom, you know, had to flee his kingdom, Shimei is over there, you know, cursing him basically. Um, and David let him live, but, you know, David tells Solomon, you know, you need to kill him. Um, so that's that's blasphemy, right? Um now, it's interesting because, you know, that's the thing about these types, you know, when we read about these types, you can go as deep as you want to go because they go really deep. Um, it's interesting here because of what it represents. There's three, basically three crimes committed here. You know, you have murder, you have treason, you have blasphemy, okay? Um, because this is exactly what you see, these three things that represents the Antichrist, okay? Go to, go to Revelation chapter 13, Revelation chapter 13. 13 Look at verse 1. He said, and I, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. Okay. Uh, and, the, and the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard, and his feet were um, as the feet of a, of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him power and his seat and great authority. Okay. So you see blasphemy there. Um, verse 6 it says and he opened his mouth uh, in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven so that's what Shimei is killed for he's killed for blasphemy Okay. Um, then in verse 7 it says and it was given to him to make war with the saints and to, to overcome them and power was given over all kindreds and tongues and nations so uh, the beast here he's killing the saints Okay, he, that's murder Okay, um, that's what Joab was killed for he was killed for murder Okay, And then in verse 8, it says, And all that, all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of, of, of the life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Uh, verse 15, And he had the power to give life to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause them, as, as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So instead of worshiping the true God, the true king, he's causing them to worship him. Okay, That's treason. That's exactly what Adonijah did. Right. Um, That's what he got executed for. So these three people that that Solomon put to death, they represent the same three crimes that the Antichrist is going to be guilty of. Okay, And his followers uh, are guilty of murder, treason and blasphemy. Okay, And that's what we see there in First Kings chapter two. Really, really cool. uh, Really detailed. And And when the Lord comes in Revelation 19, he comes on a white horse and he kills the Antichrist, the false prophet, uh, and his followers, just as Solomon does with all, with all his enemies, okay? And it says um, also while we're in Revelation, ni- Revelation 19 there, verse 15, it says, uh, And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, uh, that with it he should smite the nation, he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the, the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of the Almighty God. So that's exactly what you see with Solomon as he comes into his kingdom. He comes in there and he rules it with a, with a rod of iron. He brings peace to the kingdom. And he gets rid of all of his enemies. Okay, you can't make this up. Um, so you see, you see that also in the parable. Go to go to Luke chapter nineteen. Luke chapter nineteen. Luke chapter nineteen, verse fifteen. I'm sorry, Luke, Luke 19, verse 12, verse 12. Um, it said, he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom... Um, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Um, so so he's gone, you know, and that's, this, is, this is speaking of Christ's first coming. Um, he, he leaves, and and his citizens hated him, and they sent a message saying, you know, we would not have this man to reign over us. Uh, and that's the same message that we hear to this day, you know, among the Jews, you know, and the rest of the world, um, that, you know, we're not going to have this man to reign over us. Then in verse 15 you, you see a second coming. You know it it says it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom. Okay, um, and then he then he rewards those servants who anticipated his coming. Um, but look at verse twenty seven. Let's get down to verse twenty seven. It says, "But those those mine enemies which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and and, and slay them before me." Okay, and that's the picture we see in First Kings and Solomon. Um, when when he he becomes king and he puts down all the puts all these people to death it's the same same exact picture um, and then in First Kings chapter three when the Lord appears to Solomon uh, <clears throat> in a dream and he says what shall I give thee okay it says in First Kings chapter three let's see verse seven. Yeah, verse 7, 1 Kings 3, verse 7. And now, O O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child, I know not how to go or come out. Um, And thy servant is in the midst of of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered, nor given, nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this, thy, uh, thy so great a people?" So Solomon said, you know, I'm, I'm a little child. You know, and, he, and of course he's speaking in terms of his understanding. Okay, But that reminds us of something you read in Luke chapter 2. Flip over to Luke chapter 2 about Jesus. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, look at verse 40. And speaking of Jesus, it said, "And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him." Skip down to verse fifty-two, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and man. Okay, so Solomon said, "I'm I'm just a little child," and you know, and he asked for wisdom. And as a child, Jesus grew. It says he grew in wisdom. So that's another parallel we see there. Okay, they were both characterized by their wisdom, their judgment. Um, And then we go go keep going to uh, First Kings chapter four. It says there in verse 1, so Solomon was king over all Israel. So he unifies Israel. Uh, then verse 25, it says, And Judah and Israel dwelt safely, every man under his vine and under his fig tree, from Dan even to Beersheba, all the days of Solomon. Okay, So there's peace throughout Israel. But notice that picture there of the vine and the fig tree that, that, that Solomon talks about um, Because if you go to the book of Micah, go to your right, the book of Micah in the Old Testament, just after the book of Jonah, Micah, chapter 4. Begin in verse one it says, But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains, it shall be exalted above the hills, and the people shall flow in into it, unto it, and many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, and to the house of the God of Jacob, he will teach us of his ways, and he and we shall walk in his paths, for the law shall go forth from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And here it is in verse 4. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken it. Okay. So Solomon had peace in Israel during his reign. Um, Christ will have peace worldwide during his reign. Um, and think about all the money, you know, think about the money and the resources we spend on war. You know, we just sent what $90 dollars to Ukraine. Um, that's a, you know, that's 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 just a one-time spend. You know, that's not counting the money we've given so far. Um, you know, and, and not to mention, you know, think about the money we spend in, in, on war every every year as a nation. Um, but imagine if somebody could bring peace, and we don't we don't you know we don't need any of that anymore. You know, can you imagine you know how prosperous we would be? And that's what happens when the Lord returns, and, and puts down his enemies. Um, the war stops, and it's a time of peace and prosperity. And like it says there, that everybody sits under their own their own vine, their own, under their own fig tree. And so you see that with Solomon, and and you know we're going to see that under Christ someday too. So it's it's a perfect picture. Um, now in First Kings chapter five, basically five uh, chapter five through eight, Solomon builds the temple. Um, it says First Kings chapter five verse four. Uh, but now the Lord my God hath given me rest on every side, so that there is neither adversary nor evil, evil occurring. And behold, I purpose to build a house unto the name of, of the Lord my God, as the Lord hath spoken to David my father, saying, Thy son, whom I will set upon thy throne, he shall build a house unto my name. So Solomon is going to build a house for God. Okay, well, if you, um, if you go to First Timothy chapter 3, <clears throat> 1 Timothy chapter 3, In verse 14, uh, Paul write, writes this. He said, These things write unto thee, uh, hoping to come unto thee shortly. <clears throat> but if I tarry long, uh, thou mayest be, know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. Okay, so, so Solomon builds the temple and Jesus builds the church. Okay, uh, so, so again, you have that picture and then in chapter 10, okay, uh, 1 Kings, you have all these nations coming to Solomon for, for wisdom, um, namely the, the queen of Sheba, okay? Um, and, and, you know, he, he, he has all, all, you know, he has this, uh, yes, he has all this great power and wealth and all that, but it says in First Kings uh, chapter 10, there in verse 1, and when the Queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. So the fame of Solomon wasn't based on his wealth and his power. Um, that's you know, that's what that's what makes people famous today, right? You know, it's their their money and their, their power, you know, your position in the government, your your authority over people. But Solomon's greatest claim to fame was was the name of the Lord. Okay. It was it was it was, you know, who he was serving. Um, and, and she didn't come for money or fame. You know, verse 2, that, you know, it talks about all this stuff that she brought to him, all these gold and precious stones. She was already rich, obviously. Um, you know, she came seeking wisdom that he gained from the Lord. That, that was his, his, his claim to fame. And today, you know, when you see a billionaire, they've got this entourage behind them, right? And what they're doing is they're following him to find out how he, either to get some of his money or to figure out how he made all that money, right? Um, they're looking to find his secret to success. But that's not true with Sheba, you know. She was already rich. Um, she came to seek wisdom, and she's, she You know, she saw so much that it says in verse, uh, if you skip it down to First Kings 10, verse 5, it um, she, she says she saw the meat of his table, the, the sitting of his servants, and the, the tenants of his ministers, and their apparel, his cupbearers, and his ascent by which he, uh, he went up to the, unto the house of the Lord. It said there was no spirit in her. Okay, she was blown away by his wisdom and, 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 and you know, everything that he knew. And, and, and we know that this is a picture of Jesus, we know for a fact. Okay, why? Because if you turn over to the book of Luke, go to Luke chapter 11 in the New Testament. Hmm. Luke chapter 11, look at verse 31. It says, The queen of the south, this is beginning of Sheba, shall rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them, for she came from the utmost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Okay, So without a doubt, we know that Solomon pointed forward to Jesus Christ um, in his wisdom, but obviously the wisdom of Christ is much greater. Um, and here... You know, Jesus brings this up when he's talking when he's talking to the Jews who wouldn't believe, right? And he's constantly showing examples of where Gentiles believe, okay? And yet they wouldn't, you know? Um, and he goes on to, to mention in the next passage, the Ninevites, you know? He said, the Ninevites are going to condemn you too. Um, they were Gentiles. And that's another picture here. You see how that Gentiles would seek Christ, okay? Sheba was not a Jew. She was a Gentile. And yet she came a long way, from a long way off, to find the truth. Um, as a Gentile, you know, you came from a long line of pagan people, okay? We, did, we all did. Um, idol worshipers, you know, your, your ancestors were pagans, okay? And they came a long way to, to, to come to Christ, okay? Um, it wasn't that long ago when our ancestors, you know, what it says, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, that they were strangers from the covenants of promise. Having no hope and without God in the world, okay, and that's who the Queen of Sheba pictures. Okay, she came from a long way off, um, a Gentile who is seeking the Lord, and it's very reminiscent of Rahab. You remember we, when we talked talk about Rahab, the harlot? Um, she says a very similar thing here. Go to go back to the Book of Joshua real quick. <coughs> Joshua chapter 2, because you you have these these two women, they were both Gentiles, and they said pretty much the exact same thing. Uh, Joshua chapter 2, look at verse 9. This is Rahab, and she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. Uh, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when, when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, they were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is in heaven above and in the earth beneath. Okay, now go back to First to Kings chapter 10. Sorry, I just lost my place. 1 Kings chapter 10, thinking of what Rahab said there. Um, now look at, look at what um, Sheba says, uh, verse 6. It says, and she said to the king, it was a true report that I heard in my own land of thy acts and thy wisdom, howbeit I believed not the words until I came and my eyes seen it had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceeded the thing which I heard. Happy are uh, are thy men, happy are these servants which stand continually before thee, and they hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee, to set thee on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore made he thee a king to do judgment and justice. So in both cases, Rahab and Sheba,
1: they heard,
0: and then they believed, right? Um, You know, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And that's how how we all came to faith, you know? Um, she came to Solomon because she was just blown away, um, and she was blown away by what she saw. But, you know, what she heard was nothing compared to what she saw, you know, now that she was, now that she was in his presence. And it's kind of like a light came on, you know. Um, and that's what the gospel does when you understand it, you know. When you believe the gospel, a light comes on. You know, you were in darkness. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18 says that, that before, we, before we were saved, it says our, our understanding was darkened. Okay, um, that that was Sheba before she came to Solomon. She she was rich in the worldly sense. You know, she had plenty of money and gold and all that. But she had no clue until she until she met Solomon, and then then the light came on. Okay, uh, and that's what it says. If uh, you go over to Isaiah chapter forty-two, real quick. We're almost done. Isaiah forty-two. Verse 5, um, it said, Thus saith God the Lord, uh, that He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that, he that spread, spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, He that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and the spirit to them that walk therein. I, I the Lord have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thy hand, and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people. And here it is right here. It says, For a light of the Gentiles. Okay, and that's that's Christ. This is Christ. Um, back in his days, Solomon was a light to the Gentiles. Um, people came from far and wide. First um, uh, Kings, backing up to chapter four, um, verse thirty-four, it said, "And there came of all people to hear the wisdom of Solomon from all the kings of the earth, which had heard his wisdom." Okay, and this points forward to the light that Christ would bring to the to the entire world. Um, as the truth of the gospel goes out to the world. So um, we're going to finish there today. But again, you know, Jesus said in the volume of the book, it is written of me. um, And we see this again in the book of 1 Kings, you know, in the life of Solomon. It's a picture of Jesus coming into his kingdom. And you see even in just great detail um, how it it pictures Jesus coming into his kingdom. Okay, we'll finish there. Questions or comments? Thank you. All right. Lord, we thank you so much for bringing us here today. Lord, thank you for your word. Um, as we study these pictures of Jesus in the Old Testament, Lord, we, we, it's so clear um, how it all points to him. Um, we thank the Lord that our salvation is uh, just like the Old Testament. It's all about him. It's all about um, him coming and, and, and doing everything that was required for us to be saved, Lord. If there's anybody listening to this today, realize you're a sinner. Uh, you have a sin debt that you can't pay. Uh, and realize that, that, that God sent his son Jesus to, to pay that sin debt. He He died. He shed his precious blood, was buried, and rose on the third day. And if you'll put your faith in him and his finished work, uh, you'll be saved just as you are. We're thankful for that simple salvation, Lord. And uh, we're thankful for allowing us to come together today. Pray that you'll bless our our time together today. Uh, Pastor Barry and all the teachers, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.